0: Well, when Kevin called, um, he said maybe he gave some options of what we could do. And we went through the list of people who are to be prepared. One would be Nick, but he had a full day yesterday, and this came in late yesterday afternoon. Jay was already teaching, uh, and he's leading the communion. And uh, my son, John, he's working today. And so Kevin said, well, Henry, maybe you could lead a devo. Well, he didn't know that my devos are usually about an hour long. So uh, I said, well, yeah, I could. Now I have a habit of uh, with my devotionals is if I have a really good one, I I will make notes on what the Lord has taught me simply so I'll remember what I've learned. And when he mentioned that, I went to my devo list and I found one from 2020. And it had to do with God showing us that He is in absolute control over governments. And how He does that is quite a mysterious way. So that's what I'll be uh, talking on this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians five, or sorry, one Thessalonians five, one Thessalonians five, and we're going to read verses 1 through 18. And read this in the context of both 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, where he is telling the people that difficult times are going to come, and it's going to come through governments. So let's read it in that context. Now concerning the times and the seasons, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 18. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. and build one another up, just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another, to everyone. And then he closes with this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So verse 16 through 19. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances. And why does he say this? For this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. The NASB uh, Bible says that in everything give thanks. So why would we be commanded to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances when, as I just mentioned before, one and uh, two Thessalonians are people are facing very difficult circumstances and they were already in difficult circumstances being under the Roman government. They were told to do this because this is the will of God. This is the will of God for his people. And they're realizing that you're going to have to learn this to recognize that God is in control because the coming of the lawlessness, the lawless one is coming. And he's coming with all wickedness, with deception and destruction. And there will also be destruction upon him. That is what's coming, folks. And we, we wonder where we are in, in God's plan. But he's already advised the Thessalonians as he's advising us. Circumstances are going to come that are going to be difficult. But you, as a Christian, are to give thanks. And why? We're to give thanks. We're to pray without ceasing because ultimately, When you give thanks to God in a difficult situation, you are acknowledging that it is he who is in control, that he is Lord of all, that he will keep us. He is coming back for us. For some, we might be going to meet the Lord before that day that he returns. So in every circumstances, whether it's our death, our health, financial situations, or government infringements on our lives. We are called to give thanks. Giving thanks demonstrates our totally trusting that he has absolute control over every event that he allows to come into our lives. Difficult situations maybe family situations. We see with COVID, uh, families are splitting apart. It's amazing that this would ever happen, and yet people will not worship in a church because they have a different ideology. And so difficult times will come. Difficult situations, and they're brought, many of them are brought onto us by ungodly governments, and these Thessalonians, they experience that. We've often read about Job in the Bible, and when you think of it, when the various things happened to him, they happened by God's permission, and it was different governments, different countries, tribes, that came in and destroyed pretty well everything that he had. And then it was a storm that took out his children. And what does Job say? He says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That verse, by the way, happens to be on the tombstone of my older brother who lost two children, one through drowning, one suffocating in a grain wagon, a few years apart, and he put this on their tombstone. The Lord gives, the Lord uh, takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That is a grateful spirit giving thanks in all circumstances. Now, God doesn't just give commands for the sake of giving commands when he tells us here to give thanks in every circumstance. He uses them to teach us who he is, And that's only by trusting him that we have peace in every circumstances. And these are trying times that we live in, are they not? Uh, First on most people's minds is COVID and the impact on our society, Um, the sickness and death that comes from COVID, and the trying times that the government's not just here, but around the world are trying to increase their control over our lives. it's, It's incredible. But God has given us many examples of how he rules the world, how he has absolute control over leaders and rulers. And then we read in Romans 15 that whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through our perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Folks, we need to keep that hope and trust in the Lord alive and growing if we're going to survive everything that's going to be coming at us. Well, let's try to discover some hopes. And the first part is from the Old Testament, And this is what struck me in uh, my devotion uh, over a year ago, seeing what's going on in governments here and elsewhere. And there's, there's a divine secret in scripture. And it's, can you call it a secret when it's, it is from the Lord, so it is divine. But the world doesn't know about it. So it is a secret. But it's not for us, as he says in Thessalonians, who are the children of light. It's not a secret. We know, and that's to be our encouragement. So when I refer to this as a divine secret, it's because the world doesn't know it. But our hope is the fact that we do know it. And it's God who declares that he puts some governments up, in Psalm 75, and he takes some governments down. It's totally in his control. Further, that there's no authority except from God, and those which here exist are established by God. I think we're all familiar with that. And we know that. Even though governments rage against God, God lets us know that He's in control. Now try to think of where this verse might be found. And I, I hope you many have it because it is our experience, has been experienced to the Thessalonians, and it is ours now. And this is what the scripture says. I'll give you a hint. It is in the Psalms. And when the nations rage, and the peoples plot vain things. The kings of the earth set themselves. And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Oh, okay. That we know that's Christ, but we are in Christ. Christ is us. So they are setting themselves against us also. But here's God. He says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. And when he's speaks to them in his wrath and terrifying them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Remember last week, Kevin's message about the rocks, people calling for the rocks to fall on them and some people building bunkers, kind of going ahead of time. Um, He's going to terrify them in his fury. So, uh, What is this divine secret? And it's really many. In Corinthians, we also understand that the world cannot understand what's written in scripture, but we we have it given to us. How does the Lord direct kings and princes to fulfill his purposes? Obviously, in many ways, for that divine secret, the world does not understand, but we do. And therefore, God commands us to give thanks in all circumstances for... This is the will of God for you. This is your testimony, folks, before your family, before your friends, before our community. We trust God. And this Thessalonians, again, is a reminder to the people, do you really trust God? Examine yourself. And we'll be able to do that in a little while in communion. So here's some uh, ways that God uh, works in this corrupt world. And we think of some of the corrupt, very corrupt governments, particularly in the Old Testament. And how does God uh, hold these people? We know from Proverbs 21 that the king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. Uh, He turns it wherever he will. And you know how he does this? He often puts his people in high places. So we're going to examine just a few of them very briefly. A devotional does have to be brief, right? So we're going to consider it a number of people uh, in the scripture. Can you think of any, just ruminate in your own mind, who has God used to change the king's hearts and direct them? Just like uh, streams of water. Now, if you understand Proverbs 21.1, streams of water, people were... Uh, mostly agriculture. They had to have their own gardens and their own fields. And they would often have to irrigate. And they would use um, little irrigation ditches. And with their shovels or spades, whatever they used, they could change the course of where that water went and what plants the water would, uh, would feed. And he says, The king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will. Now, certainly God works in mysterious ways, and he can do it just directly and just uh, mystically on people, but often he uses his people. So the first one we're going to look at is consider Joseph. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over the land. Now, hang on here. Pharaoh was an ungodly leader. And the ones predecessors, or sorry, the ones after him, remember, they, they were of such disposition, they wanted to murder all the babies of, of the Israelites. In our day, we have governments that want to murder all the babies even before they're born. So this is where God puts in Joseph, and and it's amazing. Now, you look at the course of events that God used to bring Joseph into the second most powerful position in the then known civilized world. Joseph had been betrayed by his own family. He was sold as a slave into slavery by his own family. He was falsely accused by his employer's wife. He was imprisoned two times. The first time when they sold him into slavery, he was thrown into a pit and then uh, to the people. And then God orchestrated all these events to use the Egyptian pharaoh to save the Israelites from the death by famine. What are Joseph's famous words to his scheming, treacherous brothers? You Remember those words? It comes at the end of Genesis. I think it's 30, 30 You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You catch that? Even the things whether it's government leaders, if they mean it for evil, or in many cases, they mean it for good, trying to protect us, but yet they are led and totally in God's control. Here's another name you might not be too familiar with, but that's Obadiah. Obadiah was in Ahab's household, and Ahab had put him over his whole household. He is a 2 I In Ahab's time. This is over God's children. Remember the Israelites. Ahab is still notoriously known as the um, one of the most evil kings that ever lived. And yet the two I see second in charge in that situation. God put this man Obadiah. And it says that Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. God strategically put Obadiah in there. And when Jezebel sought to kill all the prophets. What did Obadiah do? He took hundreds of prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave, and he fed them with bread and water. Wow. So God, maybe these things aren't really out of control. You are in control back then as you are now. Um, In Absalom's time, there was... uh, Remember Absalom and his conspiracies? Now speak about conspiracies. Conspiracies. There was a conspiracy to overthrow his own father. Again, where do the troubles come from? From within family. And there was this conspiracy, and he got enough people behind him that had caused King David, the righteous king, to have to flee from Jerusalem. Now, King David had a faithful counselor that actually was able to go back into the council room of Absalom, and it was through his counsel that overruled Absalom's own ungodly counselors that God changed the whole scenario. He had Absalom totally in his control. He had King David totally in his control, and he changed Absalom's mind on what to do through his counselor. God is there. He's in governments. He's the one who controls governments consider Daniel and we 're all familiar with Daniel uh, we read that his first test already came in second Daniel 14 when the king's bodyguard came to kill him because he didn't agree with the things that the government wanted from him it's interesting when you read that Daniel's response was that he responded with discernment. Discretion and discernment. God gives us people discretion and discernment in every circumstance, how to respond. And that's what we want to do in our day and age too. Uh, Esther, um, this king, uh, he was led by his counselors, Haman. Kevin preached on that some time ago to destroy again all of God's people. And no doubt the people were all in fear, just like we think now. Maybe the world's just turning on Christians and we're in fear. Um, and this king didn't even know it. But he was led. God put a queen in his place. And God changed the most wicked king's mind through one of God's agents. Let me, be Queen Esther. God has his people in place. Consider Nehemiah, the cupbearer of uh, can't even say that name, Artaxerxes. Uh, The Jews were slaves and Nehemiah was the cupbearer. The cupbearer in many cases they say is the closest man associated and closest friend to the king because he has to test everything that he drinks make sure somebody hasn't poisoned it. So we see all these people uh, that are in, God's, in, the, in the company of, of our government leaders. And God is in control. So in the Old Testament, we're given specific illustrations of how God often has his own people. So that, and he has that, so all that is written might be accomplished. He tells us that again in the New Testament. Knowing this, that God's people are instructed, I should say, because we know this, we're instructed as God's people to give thanks in every circumstance. Again, why? Because this is the will of God. And it shows your faith that you know that it's your God who's in control. Isaiah 45, 6, we read that God claims for himself as the cause of calamities. Wow, God, you're claiming that for yourself? And he's also the cause of well-being. So when we give thanks, whether we're going through calamities or through well-being, it's because of our Lord Jesus Christ. These things were written for our comforts, is Romans 15. And when we read and believe, we can say with the psalmist, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations are my delight. God is giving these things to us for our consolations in this day and age, as it was in the day of the Thessalonian church and the other churches in that time. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. Our rejoicing, our giving thanks in every circumstance is because and but a public demonstration of our faith. Do you truly believe? Can we show faith? Will it show in our thankfulness? It's, it, it is interesting times. God says he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So the way he operated in the Old Testament times, he operates today. Today this says the writer of Hebrews today we understand that Christ who has authority over all lives in us works through us and is coming again soon but before his coming some very difficult times will come there've been difficult times in the past difficult times are going to come in Matthew 28 we read that the Lord Jesus declared that you are the salt of the earth salt is sprinkled everywhere in government places in our communities God still places his people wherever he wishes, and he uses them to bring about his purposes, that his word might be fulfilled. And then he goes on to say in Matthew 28, um, he lets us know that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. And then he says, go and make all disciples of all nations. He says, don't fight these governments that I'm putting over you. He says, your job, your ministry in spite of all, remember he just before that, he's talking about Matthew 24, all the hard things that were going to come. He says, but you go and make disciples of all nations, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. That's our Lord. So with closing, since we started with that, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the context of the message of difficult circumstances, particularly by governments, And that's in both one and two Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Trusting that God knows what he's doing in your life. He knows what he's doing in our country. He knows who's in government. He knows how they got there. He also knows what's going to happen to them. Doesn't that cause you a desire to pray for those in leadership? They're facing a pretty dark future, and they don't know it. They don't even know that, they're being, that their, their very hearts are in the hands of the Lord, and he can turn them wherever he wishes. Trusting that God knows what he's doing in your life, your country, and through our government, through any government, brings us that peace that takes away anxieties. Our God has already declared the end from the beginning. Did you know that? God already knows that the end game is. And he's also said all these things are happening so that his word, which he's already said things are going to happen, they're going to happen this way. My purpose will be established and I will accomplish. And you say all my purposes, but you know what he says? God says, I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Wow. God, what's going on? And we're in a fret because of what governments are doing and what people are doing. And he says, yeah, but I'm accomplishing all his good pleasure. So in the first and second Thessalonians, God gave us a glimpse of the end times will be like treachery, warfare against God and his people, difficult times that will try our faith, but there will be sudden destruction. There will be, and that's coming. And until Christ returns, we know that God will continue to raise up men, like he did in the Old Testament, men of Issachar, who understood the times and knew what to do about them. That's a consolation, isn't it? We are further told that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. So, a message that we read here in Thessalonians is meant to give you grace. Definition of the grace here would be that sustaining influence that enables the the believer to persevere in the Christian walk. That grace that enables you to persevere. In your Christian walk. How do you get that grace? He says right here. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Know what he's going to do. Know what he said. And then believe it. For the righteous shall live by faith. trusting God. So how does the writer uh, of Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul, close a letter to the Thessalonian Christians? Remember the first uh, book. We read in 16, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then in Second Thessalonians, in, got to get the verse here. Yeah, 316, he gives us that sweet promise and confident assertion, may the God of peace continually grant you peace in every circumstance. God has given us peace. He's telling us that he's in control. He's accomplishing his purposes. He's telling us these things. We're not walking in darkness. We're walking in light. It's a surprise to the unbelieving world, but we know and we have that confidence. And so through us flows that praise, rejoicing in every circumstance. We pray without ceasing and then we give thanks in every circumstance. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, to, that you have revealed to us through your word, through your spirit working in us, through teaching in all these ways, through the one another's building one another up to encourage us in these days. Lord, these are trying times for us. And yet we see that all through the ages, you have tested your people, you have tested their faith, but you've not tested them without first encouraging us. And Lord, we thank you for your encouragement. We thank you that we can give you thanks in every circumstance. In Jesus' name, amen.